Tyrone. Yeah? Remember when life was simple? You yell out and tell everyone at home that they can't use the phone for the next 30 minutes. You unplug the yellow phone cord. You then plug in the blue internet cord. You wait around 10 minutes for the internet to dial in. And then, then, if you're lucky, if you were lucky, you would see one single photo. Your favorite cat photo. This episode, we are looking at the invention of Wi-Fi, how it started and how solving a problem involving light that's been traveling for billions of years gave us YouTubing cat videos on the bus. So back in 1990, blue ethernet cords were how our computers were linked up. And that's how computers used to be able to talk to other computers and computers could talk to printers and everything else. And ethernet cords, uh, that's what they're called, uh, were reliable and they still are reliable and they have decent speeds. However, you need to be plugged in, Tyrone. You know, could you imagine running around with your phone with a wire connected around it? No, I couldn't. You have to be connected to the wall or you've got to be stationary, don't you? Yeah, stationary because it's a physical wire. And if there are many computers and devices on a network, then all those cords are very quickly going to be all over the place and making a mess and taking up lots of space. But the main thing is, got to be stationary. You've got to be stationary. Now, back in this time, in the mid-90s, wireless technologies were being developed. So they were trying to transmit internet signals using radio waves. But there was a problem, Tyrone. In an indoor environment like our classrooms or bedrooms or whatever, they have lots of surfaces. You have your bed, you've got your desk, you get everything else. So lots of corners, lots of edges and hard surfaces. And when they get back to the Wi-Fi receiver, well, all the signal gets jumbled up. And so physicists and engineers were struggling for so long with the solution. With all these same messages arriving at different times, every signal can interrupt the one that came before it. So Jake, imagine you are on the other side of the city and I want to send you a handwritten letter all about how my day is going. I'm going to give it to four people who all know where you are, where you're going to be, but they'll be using a different method of transport to get my message to you. Are you ready for my message, Jake? I was born ready. The cyclist has just dropped off my letter and you're starting to read it. You're halfway through when the person in the taxi slams the letter into your hands, knocking the first letter out. You take a moment to compose yourself and find where you're up to and you keep reading. But then the runner arrives and slams their letter into your hands. Now all this time, the person on the aeroplane has been trying to get permission to fly low level over the city near your location so they can throw the letter at you. But of course, this isn't allowed. You have to be at a certain altitude to fly over a city. In their frustration, the people on the plane have photocopied the letter my letter, 1,000 times, and they've just dropped all these letters from the sky. You're almost at the end of my letter. Everyone around you is shouting and looking up at something. You can't help yourself. You only have one paragraph left. One paragraph, but you look up as well to see 1,000 letters drifting to the ground around you. All the letters have now fallen to the ground. But guess what, Jake? What's that, Tyrone? You still haven't finished reading my letter. Ugh. Each letter kept getting interrupted by the message before it. This is what was happening with early Wi-Fi. So, for a fast data rate, 
Multiple signals had to be sent in quick succession, so one, one after another. When the signal interrupts the one before it, that confused the receiver, and not only that, but your signal wouldn't get through. And this is known as the multi-path issue. Mm, multiple paths. Now, Jake, what do black holes have to do with all of this? Our very own CSIRO, Australia's Commonwealth Science and Industrial Research Organisation, had some interesting stuff going on. Their radio astronomy division were looking at emissions coming out from outer space, uh, in particular quasars and pulsars. Hmm? Jake, you're the astrophysicist. I'm a biologist. Quasars and pulsars? What are those? So quasars are real early galaxies with loads and loads of energy, and uh, when they're really energetic, they're just shooting uh, radiation and astronomers can actually detect uh, how far away these galaxies are just by measuring these radio waves. And pulsars, pulsars are dead stars where all that's left of them are just neutrons, nothing else. And what's really cool about them is they're really, really dense, denser than Tyrone, denser than me, and they're spinning around faster, 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 and they're just spewing radiation out and some of this radiation is in radio waves and that's how the radio physicists detect that. This is Rayleigh Podcast, shining light on the benefits of blue sky research. You can find us on Facebook, Rayleigh Podcast, R-A-Y-L-E-E. You can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Jake, what were CSIRO's radio physics division doing with radio signals? These radio signals were being collected at different times. And that was bad for astronomers because then they couldn't accurately determine how far away these quasars and pulsars are. Because what happens is some of these uh, radio waves are really energetic and they rip straight through space, whereas some of the less energetic ones, they like to interact with all the dust that's in space and all sorts of crazy stuff. And so they arrive at different times, and when they arrive at different times, then the astronomers can't determine how far away they are. And so what they used was a uh, mathematical technique called the fast Fourier transformation. What they did was exactly like your brain does when it listens to music. So when you listen to uh, music, you're listening to, you get the music from the drums, the vocals, the guitar, and your brain processes that. But what comes towards it is just one signal. But your brain processes it and determines that's coming from the drums, that's coming from the guitar, that's coming from the vocals. And they developed a technology that sort of goes the other way. It takes all the radio frequencies, all the different speeds of radio waves coming towards you, process these radio waves and then sort them out. And then with that, they were then able to accurately determine how far away these galaxies are. Which is really, really cool, because going back to our problem with the radio waves bouncing off different surfaces. With our Wi-Fi. With our Wi-Fi, that's what we want. We want a cat videos, right? So we want our Wi-Fi. We want our Wi-Fi. So what was going, so what they could do was that all this stuff was bouncing around and was arriving at different times, but this technology that was developed by the astronomers was, could now be applied to these Wi-Fi receivers. So instead of getting all the signals at different times, you could then get the same signal processed through the little wire 
going through to the Wi-Fi, and then you, sir, Mr. Tyrone, get your cat video right on the bus. All right. So instead of nine cats, we get one whole cat. You get instead of a cat leg and uh, another cat leg 10 seconds ago and a cat arm and a cat body, you get your whole cat right there in your eyeballs. So instead of nine cats with one life, we get one cat, one cat with, with nine lives. <laughs> one cat with nine lives. There you go. Black holes and Wi-Fi. If we want to visualize what Wi-Fi has led to, it might be easier to work backwards, Jake. All right, what do you mean? Well, if Wi-Fi disappeared, what exactly would we lose? So, Netflix? Goodbye. Facebook on the move. See you later. Spotify? Done. Snapchat? Bang, out of here. Go home, you're done. Any internet on the move? None. Paywave? None. PayPal? Done. Gone. None of these great things. Don't think about it. None of these things would be possible without Wi-Fi. Mm. Well, if Wi-Fi and all these great things that make our lives easier just happen to disappear, I'd say we would definitely be living in a technological black hole. This has been Jake and Tyrone, and we'll catch you next time. Our intro, interlude, and outro is by Alex Barroza, and the title is The Spinning. 